this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Put fit first with Third Love. Third Love uses real women's measurements to create bras that fit better. Available in sizes AA through G, as well as their exclusive half cup sizes. Try one of Third Love's 24-7 bras free for 30 days. If it's not your favorite, return or exchange it for free. Go to thirdlove.com slash bookriot now and try Third Love free for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash bookriot. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 210. We're recording on Thursday, May 18th, 2017. I'm Jeff O'Neill. I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky. We're coming to you from bookriot.com. And I realize that the, our intro for the last couple weeks has been a lie. Because we haven't been talking about what's new, cool. That's uh, and true, we're talking but about we're back. We're, we're back with we're news. Back. And boy, do we got, we're stacked up here. A lot's been going on in the in the world while I've been away. Also, book things have happened. <laughs> um, I can't even look at Twitter right now. Like, I don't no, know what's going to happen. I'm like, I'm having miniature heart attacks from Washington Post push notifications like every yeah. 15 minutes right now. <laughs> Uh, you got to turn that stuff off. That, that's that's. I, I feel like I'm looking at a tornado. Just like you know, just you're looking into the abyss. So, but uh, there's also stuff going on in the world of books and reading. So we will definitely talk about that. Um, we had a good time with the recommendation shows. I uh, hope you all um, got some recommendations. Those you've asked. And uh, again, if you do end up, we got we got a I got a couple. I haven't told you this. We got some emails saying I'm buying all of them. Oh, all the recommendations great. you gave, we're buying all of Awesome, things. and we heard some from some folks uh, on the Insiders Slack as well. Yeah. Oh, and the comments, I noticed I meant to port over the titles, but I don't have them in front of me right now. The comments on last week's show where we were looking for uh, memoirs and books oh, about yes. female-to-male uh, mm-hmm. trans experiences, several folks left recommendations in the comments at Book Riot. So if you go to bookriot.com slash listen, you'll be able to click on Moms and Dads, Moms, Dads, Grads, Part 2, yeah, um, and then click on... Yeah. Episode 209. Episode 209 and see uh, the comments that folks have left on that post with additional uh, title recommendations. So thanks for coming through, y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it does kind of feel like we're waiting for the Death Eaters to get taken out one by one in the larger <laughs> world of news. But in the book world, one of them got taken out or yes. got taken out and now is trying to fight back. So um, the the author who shall not be named is suing his publisher – uh, with a $10 million lawsuit over them yanking his, his book deal. Um, we kind of figured some, uh, you know, you have a contract, this kind of thing's happened. I, I don't know in standard book contract language if there is a sort of, you know, gross crimes and misdemeanors clause, right? Where, or uh, what is it, the, like there's a moral, sometimes in your uh, work contract, yeah, there's like right. a... Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So... Morality uh, clause, that's what I'm A morality clause where if, you know, you act wrongly... Uh, we the the contract holder has the right um, to pull the contract. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be litigated. Um, it doesn't mean that would win. It could be that this is what you do when you're a petulant moron uh, and you've been burned and you've got nowhere to go. And it could be as much of anything as trying to get a settlement for some of the scratch. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you never know because a two hundred fifty thousand dollar advance. Uh, 
I don't know. Like, it doesn't say anything about giving the the advance back. We don't even know if that happened, right? Yeah, so I, we I'm don't not know. even sure what what damages this dude could re- reasonably claim if like you got your if they especially if they get. I guess you could sue for the advance, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's not something publishers do readily. Actually, like we've we've talked about that before in the show, where it's like seven years later, Hachette or someone is suing somebody for like. They're fifty thousand dollar advance. Right, we yeah, don't the, hear about that often. I think the, we've only heard about it once in the life of this yeah. show, which is now four years ago. Last week. Oh um, yeah, you, you mentioned that. Four yeah, years ago. Yeah, four yeah. years now. Um, and that was Seth Graham Smith, I think, who wrote mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, was being sued for uh, not delivering something on time. But you know, I have some mixed feelings about this. I think the publisher. I, we. I think we've both said this. Like the publisher kind of deserves whatever they get at this point yeah. for having gotten into bed. If you lay down with pigs you're gonna get is it if you wrestle with pigs you're gonna get I think dirty if it's you wrestle with pigs you get fleas i think you've got you nailed it you crushed that one <laughs> yeah you got it right on the mark i need help with my agricultural metaphors yeah I know, right. <laughs> dogs same, fleas pigs mud same but at deal. the same time like if there's anyone for whom i have zero sympathy about their situation it's this author and it's like uh, you just you're just gonna drag it like i also don't want him to get the 10 million dollars no you know i want him to get bupkis that's right. i want a, a big old check that says zero dollars like ideally <laughs> i guess the publisher has to spend a bunch of time and money mm-hmm. fighting this lawsuit and then that's their punishment for having gotten in bed with him in the first place and then he yeah. will get nothing at the end uh, is my ideal resolution for this story that will not die like is this the theme of 2017 is that like the news just goes on forever i guess so I guess so. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I'm not a, all surprised about this. I guess I don't feel like Simon Schuster or whoops, uh, the publisher who shall not be named. <laughs> oh, we deserves, have said the publisher's name oh, on we the show. Said, we just haven't deserve, gotten to the I don't know yet. that they deserve whatever. Mm-hmm. I certainly think they shouldn't be surprised that they, you know, they got some nasty. Yeah. Shouldn't be surprised. Uh, I would be shocked if they he got ten million dollars. I mean, what? And they didn't libel him in public. They didn't besmirch. They just said, "We're not nope. publishing the book. We're not." You know mm-hmm. that that mu- that must happen, right? People get advances, and the publisher pulls out after the advance. That must happen. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. I, I mean, it I don't must. know what or like, it must happen. I guess if you get the advance and you complete the book and it meets the like letter of the agreement, but they yeah. don't think it's good enough to publish, they could even kill it. Then we just never right. hear about that, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'd be curious to hear about those kinds of stories of like things that make it to the level of a contract and advance. And then, how you know, how is it just super rare that there's no book deaths basically be- between that and publication? It can't be the case, just what we know about human beings, right? That there's going to be things that come up along the way. So I don't know anything about that. If you know something about that, please email us at podcast.bookwrite.com or point us to a, a blog post or whatever else it might be. So we're, we're following that. Let's do another sponsor before we get into the uh, the rest of the news this week. Audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com. Uh, they got the URL, man. They did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. For audiobooks.com. They have 100,000 titles and one app that works on a whole bunch of different devices and endless listening. Your first book is free when you sign up for audiobooks.com, and it's the premier membership service for audiobook lovers. You can stream books live, download them for offline listening, and enjoy great features like sped-up narration, sleep timer, custom bookmarking. You can browse genre, a curated list, check out promotions and giveaways, and switch seamlessly between devices with cloud-syncing technology. Plus, audiobooks.com integrates with CarPlay, Android Auto, Sonos, and TVOS, that's your Apple TV, for easy listening in your car at home. 
Go to tryaudiobooks.com today with promo code BOOKRIOT, one word, your free first premium audiobook is free. After that, the flat rate of $14.95 per audiobook gives you a real savings over retail price. I think I've done a mini rant about audiobook pricing. Um, you know, it's <laughs> I got to I got to look up my Rolodex of rants here, pricing rants. Yeah, there it was. Um, it was it was it wasn't you know the the ongoing saga of ebooks, but fourteen ninety five flat fee. That's what it is. With their library of one hundred thousand premium audiobooks and over seven thousand free titles, we you know we we did this read. Uh, I'm not sure. One of the last two recommendation shows, and mm-hmm. I got a couple people saying 1.25 narration speed changed my life. Really? So like, yeah, the people saying like, I really love that. Like, I really feel like that's the the sweet spot for me. Michelle even said 1.25 or die. Uh, that's what oh, her Michelle's text comment was. Hardcore. I'm thinking. I guess I'm, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm listening um, to Option B by Sheryl Sandberg mm. right now, and it's like, well, I could cry 1.25 times <laughs> faster. <laughs> Just get it out. Get it out. Um, cancellation, if you decide to cancel your membership for any reason, it's straightforward, and the purchase books are yours to keep forever. It's not a streaming service, you know, so as long as you're adding things to your library, those files are yours to do with you, to do with what you will. Um, help us at your fingertips, too, with a live customer service chat, which is super nice. If something goes wrong, there's a lot of technology, maybe you're in your car and you can't get it to work, um, you can use the live chat and get some help there. That's audiobooks.com. Use promo code BOOKRIOT, one word, to get your first audiobook free. Thanks so much to them for sponsoring the show. All right. Do you want to go to the most surprising mashup that the uh, internet has ever know, given let's us? Let's say that for a minute because I think we actually do have a headlining story um, just because it's been all over the place. Mm-hmm. A developing story. And no surprise, it's Amazon related. Ah, all right. Okay. Um, they've made a change in the buy button. On Amazon.com, when it comes to books, especially, um, and that and that they're allowing third-party resellers. I'm reading verbatim from mm-hmm. a Publishers Weekly article. A link will be in the show notes. Um, allowing third-party resellers to compete to win the featured buy buttons on the e-tailers book pages. So basically, up until March 1st, the featured buy button had been reserved for books that Amazon sold on behalf of publishers. Under the new program, to to win buttons, resellers must meet various Amazon criteria that include some combination of price, availability, and delivery time. In addition, the program is only open to books in new condition. Amazon noted that it permits resellers to compete with it on the sale of new items in most of its other product categories, and that the recent change allows resellers of new books to compete in the books category. So I read this at first. I was like, I don't really see what the big deal is because, because I was like, if it's a new book, who cares why does the publisher mm, care mm-hmm. if it came from them or otherwise? But um, in, in following, there's been a lot of talk about that the Authors Grill got on it, the Publishers Association of America doesn't like this. Like a lot of things are, and then the normal Amazon haters are also they you know they look there's yep. a certain there's a certain cadre that anything that looks like Amazon's doing something um, janky is like yep see which okay sometimes it is sometimes it isn't. This one I was like okay so it's just someone differently buying the books like the the publishers on Amazon on behalf of the publishers doesn't have right of first refusal which seemed fair to me like it's a new book if you want to charge a little less or you have a better shipping policy or whatever I guess you should win it but I guess the confounding factor here is what does new mean right? uh, is that your sense of what this is about this this kerfluffle have you been following this at all I 
you know, it started while I was on vacation and I okay. was like, I am not following an Amazon story. <laughs> while this is what vacation was invented for, uh, is ignoring news about Amazon. So I've been, you know, I think some of it is about what new condition means, but the, I think in the third or fourth paragraph of this piece that we'll link to from Publishers Weekly, it says like one of the concerns is that publishers will be deprived of sales and authors will lose royalties. And so I've been imagining mm. like who might, who could do this? So like individuals right. could do this, but also, you know, like a, a, a you, an indie bookstore could mm -hmm. do this. Like Chop Suey here in Richmond could decide they're going to buy books through, like say they order them from, I don't know, Ingram, Baker and mm -hmm. Taylor and sell them in the store and on their website, but also compete to be an Amazon seller. Mm -hmm. And then the book, like it's that's several steps removed, right? Like the publisher sold the book to Baker and Taylor, the bookstore bought it from Baker and Taylor and has it, and then is going to sell it on Amazon. But if those are actually new books, like if they locked down the definition of new as no one has owned this book before, like mm -hmm. no reader, no customer has owned this book before, then I think it's like, oh, Amazon's developing things. Publishers don't get the right of first refusal. Why should they? And Amazon has long not really cared about yeah. making publishers happy. They're definitely not in the publisher and author support no. business and like the ongoing development of Amazon, even back to a couple years ago when the buy buttons from, was it Houghton Mifflin Harcourt titles? Just well, it's, it's happened to several publishers, right? Yeah. Right. The buy points, buttons like, just like no, disappeared no because there was a, you know, a, a quote unquote accident. Um, but during contract disputes, like it's not surprising to me that Amazon was like, Oh, right. We might, we could do business with some other people. Right, um, right. And the the Amazon guidelines for new is included in this piece, and I'll read it verbatim because I think it's interesting. A new book must be brand new, which mm -hmm. is a tautology, right? New must right. be brand new. Okay, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, unused, unread copy in perfect condition. Okay. The dust cover and the original prote protective wrapping, if any, is intact. So I don't know, okay, how do you – how do you – police unread mm -hmm. right like how do you know like i buy books um and i actually keep my books in super good shape when i read a hardcover with the dust jacket off i usually take the dust jacket off i don't mark it i don't bend the pages i put the dust jacket back on i think for most humans if they looked at my copy of say um, when i'm just looking at uh, underground railroad colson i'm just looking at it right here if i wouldn't put that on a bookshelf and you know someone was thinking of buying it from you know uh, Broadway books, a little bookstore down here, down the street here, they would know. Is that a new book? Well, no, but for all intents and purposes, if you can't tell it's not brand, if if you can't tell, like what is, do you see where I'm going here? It's like, uh. I don't know what's, what's, what is it, this kind of, what is this, the, the, the metric here? Is it, if it can pass for brand new, is it not brand new? I don't get it. Hmm. I don't get that de definition. Um, now, I guess that's what I what I get. That makes sense to me. But also, why can't you sell it as new? If it in all if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, sell it as brand new in that particular situation. Yeah, and the ahead. only times that I've seen people complain about the quality of items that they've purchased from used sellers on Amazon is like this was listed as new, but it came and the spine is cracked. Yeah, you know right. this is actually gently used. Like I think. If it looks new and it smells new and you can't right. tell, I think that it is someone, new, right? Right, it's no. new, and 
like that's new condition. It's mm. maybe not technically brand new because someone has used it. But if it looks and like what no brand one new mean? I guess that's worth talking about just for a minute as much as I sort of mocked it. But like I guess what people mean by brand new is like it's gone the last person that touched it wasn't sort of a uh, a buyer. You know. Right. It was a retail a printer to retailer to consumer hands. That that's been the chain of ownership. And this mm-hmm. brand new is before it's gotten into a consumer hand. I guess the other thing, okay, so I understand that if you think of it that way, that that opens up, I guess, the buy button to another layer of potential resellers, right? Right. You could get schmucks like me. It's like, you know, I got this book as a gift. I'm going to sell it for $9 on Amazon. That's $7 cheaper than whatever it might be, the hardcover. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I guess my second question is, is there enough of schmucks like me? I mean, what would it take for that to actually have a measurable impact on a publisher? Like that would be, you'd see like maybe a handful of people would do that under very weird circumstances. Yeah, it, this seems to me like a, it's one of those things that publishing thinks is unique to publishing. Like, right. oh, people reselling stuff hurts the original producers of the thing. Mm-hmm. But like, how many, I can't tell you how many friends I have who buy their clothes online through um, various like trading services or things like Stitch Fix, but that are all for previously owned items yeah. or who buy their clothing through eBay that are previously owned items or who go to thrift shops like is the gap issuing press releases about how bad thrift shops are because someone bought yeah. their pair of bootcut jeans like I have taken unworn clothing to Goodwill because I bought it and then never wore it like and it had the tags on and so I took it brand new to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. But like, was I screwing over the gap when I did that? Because now someone is buying the jeans at Goodwill instead of going to the gap and getting them. Or if I had put them on eBay yeah, and sold them, like it, this is not, maybe this happens in other industries and we don't know, but it seems to me kind of like too bad publisher. <laughs> right. Well, I, I do kind of sympathize with publishers and movie, you know, movies in this particular situation because a lot of the value of the product is extracted once you've read it, right? And it's just a weird thing about, especially art, I guess, is that, you know, two people can't wear the same pair of jeans, but someone could read the the Underground Railroad, buy it, and then sell it on to someone else. The, the thing that's being traded here is the ownership of the book, which is part of the value proposition of a book, clearly. But the experience of reading, actually, the reading of the text is a lot of the experience you're biting, and that can be multi-used by multiple readers. So that's just something weird that goes on with books. But you know what? Used books have been around. Mm-hmm. Um, I go into Powell's and this beautiful Powell's that I love dearly, and the new entrance they just did, and if you ever come here, you go in that way, and there's a bunch of tables right at the, the beginning, and it's uh, – I, I bought this, The Little Paris Bookshop by Nina George, and it was $9, mm-hmm. and it looks new. And they don't yeah. tell you why it's so cheap. Well, they're remainders. There's a little black marker dot on the bottom. But they don't ah, say it's a remainder. Okay. Right? There's no there's no thing that says this has been remaindered and there's a little black marker thing to destroy the value of it to make sure we can't resell it as new. So like the remainder market is out there. Theoretically, because it's not in brand new condition, um, mm-hmm. in per- it's not in perfect condition, it couldn't be sold as new. Well, People can't go into the remainder business. And I was just looking at Book Outlet. You can get the Emperor of All Maladies for $9.00. Remainder uh, hardcover, great price, but it's not "quote unquote" brand new. No, anyway, that, so it's yeah, a strange point. It's a strange deal. It's it, just weird. It, it is, and if it were like, it seems fine with publishers that bookstores are selling used copies of things or even mm. brand new copies. Like I was in um, Northshire Books in Manchester, Vermont, 
on vacation last week. And if you are in that area, I recommend going. It's a really beautiful store. And they do something that Powell's also does, which is they mingle the used and new copies in together on the shelves. And so I was browsing a table that was like staff recommendations or something. And there were paperback copies of titles that, you know, are very recent backlist that I was interested in. And those copy, the paperback copies looked unread, but some of them were the full list price that, you know, like mm-hmm. $16.99. And some of them were $12.99 because they were used. Like they, and they appeared brand new. These were all in good condition. Um, to maybe even if you didn't know they were used, yeah. you would have said that they were brand new, but they were priced down. And so it seems to me like if Northshire had rolled to Amazon to sell that paperback for twelve ninety nine instead yeah. of the list price at sixteen ninety nine, maybe Amazon would have said like, sure, you can have. Well, how would they have known? The buy button. Like, how would have Amazon? Like, how would Amazon know? Right. Like, how if are there's they no detectable difference between and, something that just got pulled out of a box right from Baker and Taylor? They they just there's no way to know. It's the system like it's just the honor system i guess and this like that the amazon criteria include some combination of price availability and mm-hmm. delivery time like of course it's a kind of nebulous equation and who else knows what's actually in that equation as right. well like amazon right. might be factoring in how many other sellers have copies of this book is what it the rare review, what your ratings are as a seller right. are is you know rare? like how many is it yeah. widely available right. um like you might be willing to ship it today but right if you're selling mm-hmm. uh if your rater <laughs> la, 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 if your rating <laughs> as a seller is low maybe they bump you back like who who knows i don't believe for a second that those three factors price availability and delivery time are the only things that amazon would factor into yeah. the criteria what else they were and how much weight each thing gets like who knows but it's it's I, I very strange i mean prh sent a letter to third party sellers um basically reiterating that if a product is listed as new and is in fact used, hurt, or remaindered, you are in violation of Amazon's participation agreement. We call upon you to immediately release and desist from selling used, hurt, or remaindered books as new. Hurt or remaindered, I, I don't know if those are terms of art. I think remaindered is. I don't know what mm-hmm. I don't know if hurt has a sort of industry definition. I guess it's like the difference between used and new feels like it should be a brighter line than it actually is. Um because if you can if you can sell someone a book as new and you've read it and they look i mean i guess the different another difference here is that you don't know what you're getting right, right. because you're just hitting the button but let's say for a minute that i have if i put my copy of underground Ra- railroad here i would de- and i put it next to four other new copies i would defy anyone to pick out that it was that one um, especially if you get it from Amazon, it's coming as one of those little book sleeves that get thrown in the mail. There's probably a ding on the corner. I mean, that's yeah, the other like, very difficult. Like They're not pristine. Just, pristine is not on here. Have right. ordered books through the interwebs. Have yeah. Never like anyone who's ever done that has received a book that was a little dented or a little bent or something. Right. You know, like yeah. they're not in mint condition. No, no. And Pals in, is a good example in the bookstore you're talking about too. Like. Basically, you know, if I go browse the literary fiction and I'm looking for, uh, let's say I'm looking for The Intuitionist, Colson Whitehead's first mm-hmm. novel, there's probably right now a new one and then two used ones in varying states of condition. And the new one is $14.95. The better of the two used ones might be $10.95, and maybe there's one that's got a real problem and it's $6.95. Well, I get to decide, right? You know, yep. I get to decide which of these three things is is the one that I want to buy. And I don't think anyone has a problem with that. So I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is if this endangers someone's livelihood, who it is, 
I don't think it's big five publishers. A lot of the talk I've seen is that smaller publishers are going to be most at risk here, but I don't really understand why. I don't understand why. Maybe they're maybe they're afraid of review copies or galleys or stuff getting sold this way, um, which you're not supposed to do. I don't know if those are legal agreement, agreements or handshake agreements. I don't know uh, really what those agreements are, except it is uh, gauche to if you get a review copy in the mail to go sell it. Even though if you go to Strand, especially there's right. review copies all over the place, but that's you know neither here nor there. But I just don't know why. Why would smaller publishers? have in more of a problem. It seems like it would just a different scale. Like, okay, rather than selling 20,000 copies of this book, you're selling 1,000. But would there be a higher percentage of books that could be passed off as new floating around? I just don't understand that. So that if someone knows about that, please email us. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, tr- I'm honestly not trying to dismiss it with a rhetorical question. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm confused about you know, what's the difference for a smaller publisher than it would be for Amazon, I, I, uh, for um, a Shatter, Simon & Suster, or someone like that. Uh, it's interesting, though. I I guess people never really – I guess once I saw it in print, it made sense, or in internet print, that, yeah. that, that you're, the buy button for a new book is coming from the publisher, basically, or Amazon storing it on behalf of the publisher. I never really thought about I could be buying a new book from any number of retailers or uh, third parties. But I guess I don't I, – I, and then, of course, because I'm a narcissist, I'm like, do I care? Like, let's say I bought the <laughs> Underground Railroad and I was buying it I – I was buying what I understood to be a new copy and uh, it arrives and I don't care. It's a, you know, I can't tell. I sort of get out my magnifying glass. And then it's sort of Schrodinger's new copy until I'm told definitively either way, which I probably would never be. But like if three weeks later someone's like, oh, yeah, actually uh, my grandma read that. Uh, and I sold it on Amazon, and I won the buy bun. Like, do I care? Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, it's weird. It is weird. It's, 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 it is weird. And I think I'm just very much like, I am I feel a little ungenerous about publishers getting upset about this because so many of the things that publishers are upset about that Amazon does are like failures of imagination. Like, mm. if you sat down and considered what Amazon's next move might be, many of times it is surprising. But Amazon has a pretty consistent yeah. pattern of like what they're trying to do and basically eliminating uh, anyone else from making money on books. And it's not terribly like they don't care if the customer they want the customer yep. to get what the customer wants. Right. They don't they are not concerned at all with any like support um no. in scare quotes of the manufacturers of the product. Mm-mm. And whether we're talking about, you know, jeans, like I bought yoga pants on Amazon recently. Like and Amazon doesn't care if I bought them directly from nope. the, you know, from Amazon, from the yoga pant company, from some third-party seller that distributes yoga pants, they don't care. Their their business is not about helping other businesses be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And it's like every time I, this is my mini rant here is that like, I would, I would like to have a conversation about how this might affect reading and the health of like books that are available to readers. But when it's like Amazon did a thing that might hurt a publisher, like unless Mm. you're going to tell me how the hurt to that publisher is actually big enough to make a difference and how that will affect somehow or nefarious or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. All of those things and how that will affect like my experience as a reader in the world who cares about having quality books available to read what that will do to the reading community. I just can't care that publishers didn't foresee a thing that mm-hmm. Amazon did. Like we hear that story all the time. It does not like too. I mean, it could, theoretically, if they actually are opening that buy button up to competition that is real competition, 
it should make the buying experience more better because it'll be faster. You know, maybe the packaging's in a better condition. Like whatever it is that taking to win, theoretically, that win is something where Amazon wants the buyer to have mm-hmm. the best possible right. experience. Some of that is cheap for sure. Um, and that cheapness is, I think, what publishers and people on the on the supply side get nervous about because they're gonna, ones are going to get squeezed. But I don't know. I don't know. Like if I so if I got a book as a gift and I never read it, and I sold it on Amazon, and since I didn't have to spend fifteen dollars and sixty cents wholesale to buy it, and I sold it for five bucks plus three ninety nine shipping. I should win the buy button for that individual copy. I just don't think that's a systemic thing that there's going to be thousands of people out there that suddenly are like acquiring basically new books and reselling. I just don't see how that would happen. Like where would you – people don't also counterfeit print books as far as I know because I guess that would be the other thing you'd worry about. It's like, okay, well, if it's not coming from the publisher and I could just supply a near identical copy or an identical copy, you know how hard it is to print a hardcover book? I mean, you do it at scale, it's cheap, but like, go find an offset printer that's mm-hmm. going to publish a thousand copies of the Underground Railroad at a price that you can afford and they make money. It's not going to happen. Well, Self-publishers so learned that lesson the they hard did. way. Like, they learned print on demand way. for, you know, actual print copies of self-published books. It's like 30 bucks for a paperback. Yeah. And that's not when you're, and that's not competing against the one that's from the publisher that's uh, fourteen ninety seven new right, and two-day right. shipping through Prime. Like, I just don't see how that's going to win the buy button anyway. So then what's, where, where's the boogeyman? I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay, here's a thing. And it's like, where's the boogeyman? I just don't see it. And maybe right, it's like, out there. It could I be, think, but I just don't see the boogeyman in this Yeah, I think case. the real difference here is that like previously, if you had had your copy of Underground Railroad that you were going to sell in new condition on Amazon, someone could only access that by yeah. clicking the buy used The button. used, right. And now they can access it potentially if you win the buy button. I think you actually could list it as new, but you did, but you couldn't get into that yellow buy button. Right, right. That's you right couldn't there. get into the buy yeah. button. So a customer, an Amazon customer, would have to choose buy used um, in order to find your copy of Underground Railroad. And now mm. you might be able to win that buy button. But this also neglects that, like in each, I think the concern for it neglects the reality that, like. In every single purchase, only one entity can have the buy button. And I guess the publisher's concern is like, out of 100, previously, they got all 100. Mm -hmm. But will it be that out of the next 100 potential sales for the Underground Railroad, they're going to get 99 because you're going to sell yours? Maybe that's a big enough difference. It could be. that they're going to get you know, 50 because they think a bunch of the used things like I probably the lack of detail about Amazon's uh, Mm -hmm. criteria is feeding into this concern as well. Like how many of our sales are we going to lose? Because presumably the publishers will retain the buy button. I would think on the majority of the purchases. Yeah. I was gonna say, how do you compete with that? I just don't understand how you compete with 1497 free two day shipping. Like if you're it would be hard for me to compete with that for my copy of Underground Railroad. I guess I sell it for a four dollars, and I've got to ship it. And but it's also media mail is two eighty seven for a hard, and I've got to go. It just seems hard to do in any kind of. Um, so and then yeah. Anyway, I, I guess that's a good question. Is it do they, do they keep ninety nine point nine ninety seven eighty seven? And at some point, there is a real difference to the bottom line. At some point, there isn't. I guess we'll find out. People will yeah, squawk about it. Yeah, I guess we should it. set like a six-month reminder to yeah, ourselves. Right. To Does anyone ask, care about this still? And you know right, what? Well, the, the answer is going to be crickets. That's what yeah, the answer is At the end be. of this year, I'm. this is where I'm putting my money now. Like At the end of this year, when we're doing our like year-in-review yeah. show, this is not going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the old Letterman something or nothing, I'm betting on yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Right. 
Uh, let's tell me tell me about JPAD and uh, uh, <laughs> Big Bill. This did work its way up to my awareness on vacation, <laughs> and I'm glad that it did. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton is working with our, you know, old pal Jimmy P. Our old pal Jimmy Patterson. On a suspense novel called The President is Missing. Hmm. Uh, it's going to be published by Knopf. Uh, jointly, this is interesting, by Knopf and Little Brown in June of next year. Uh, Let's see. It will offer readers a unique amalgam of intrigue, suspense, and behind-the-scenes global drama from the highest corridors of power, informed by insider details that only a president can know. Uh, And then Clinton said, working on a book about a sitting president, drawing on what I know about the job, life in the White House, and the way Washington works has been a lot of fun. And so it's going to be the president's first novel, and uh, Jimmy Patterson's first collaboration with a president. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I would not have guessed. Like I mean, James Patterson collaborates with his, you know, co-writers on yeah. the James Patterson book factory. Uh, but this is, and if you're Bill Clinton, would you not hold out for Dan Brown? I don't know. Jimmy Pat makes three hundred seventy-five million dollars a year. I think That's he knows true. what he's doing. That's I, true. I, I'm not sure. I mean, Dan Brown, he doesn't do these like straight ahead, like actual. I mean, he's, yeah, you got to get the carnivalesque. You got to get some Rubens in there. You got to get a grotto. True. You know, it's, it's nothing without. It's not a Dan Brown novel without a grotto. Actually, get, maybe Dan Brown's holding out for Obama, who has all that great, uh, like, rich literature and arts hmm. knowledge. Interesting. I'm shipping that. I ship yeah, it so hard. and I, I guess at first I was like, why would either of them bother with the other one? And then I flipped around. And I was like, oh, of course, because like James Patterson knows what he's doing. Right. Neither of them have to do all the work. They can both leverage each other's names. Um, I guess. I guess it's going to be interesting. Like, I'm actually maybe tempted to read this. Like, I was, was going to say, this might be the thing that gets me to read a James Patterson I, book. I know. I was trying to think of other people that Patterson could collaborate with that would get me to read it. And there, the list is short, but I think um, uh, uh, I think uh, 40, 42. Is he 42? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 42 yeah. is on it. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I'd love to know the behind, like, how does this actually work? Like, what is the financial arrangement? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it, are they sending the chapters writing? back and forth? Yeah, yeah. Are, what's they, the process? are they in a cabin in Arkansas somewhere? <laughs> this is just, my I have OTT. so many questions. I guess that's where I came. That's where I came down. I was like, the logistics and the financial arrangements are, are more interesting to me than the 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 tech. You know, whatever would actually land on my table at the end. Though I, I guess I'm mildly interested and, in that. And I guess the publisher collaboration, there's not a lot of info about why no. this is happening between Little Brown and Knopf. So I would guess that it's because Patterson is a Little Brown author and maybe Clinton. I don't mm-hmm. remember if his other books have been with Random House. But he I may have an existing deal have. with them. He may right. owe them a couple of books still for all but I know. Like, we're talking about Sonny Mehta and Michael Peach editing Those a James are, Patterson, Bill Clinton collaboration. <laughs> it's is there? I don't know. You need a room just for the egos. <laughs> like you guys sit in here, and your egos can be next door. Just check them. Like, this, put it's, over there. it's just bananas. Like I think yeah. this might actually be really fun. Um, it, I mean, I'm Bill. Also, I mean, they're both clearly smart guys. Like Bill Clinton I'm, is notoriously really sharp. Like yeah, and I you know, say, it's I'm not delighted. gonna be dumb. It's not gonna be a dumb novel. I don't think. Right, um, and I find it delightful. Like Bill Clinton also does not take himself too seriously no how could you? um 
And I find it delightful that an extension of that is like, he's not a snob. He's no. going to work with James Patterson and, you know, write this thriller. I think that's great. Super uh, interesting. It's, and it, it's do we know when it's coming fun. out? 2018? It says June 2018. Uh, so They're going to go on a national book tour. That is what I'm talking about. Yes. That's what I'm If only about. we worked for a giant website where we if might be able to get could, press if passes. If only we knew people that worked in book industry. <laughs> um, this, this is officially the Jeff Rebecca Summer 2018 book club pick. Because oh, that's the thing we have now. In September, we're going to read Origin by Dan Brown. Yes. Which, by the way, you can vote on the cover for. I saw that. Uh, if it's that's a, a weird choice. Why would you, you do that? Does it, <laughs> is anyone going to be like, oh, I voted on the cover, so now I'm going to buy it? Like, I don't. The rationale oh, to that seems odd to me. Somebody at the publisher was like, we're going to get social media engagement. This is this is Dan Brown. People are going to buy the freaking book. They don't care if it's got a weird cover. I don't get it. I don't understand that <laughs> I one. I mean, it doesn't sense. hurt anything. I'm just like, what? Seems like <laughs> unnecessary busy work. Like, now we're going to we, pick we, some <laughs> jerk in Asheville, North Carolina's book cover. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> we really are in the Rolodex of rants today. Yeah. It's, well, it's just there's annoyances. annoyances. I don't know what to tell you. There's things it's, that they get. The, everything they build is annoying. Up. Anyway. They build up. Mm. Next June, uh, in just a little over a year, we'll be able to read the Bill Clinton, James Patterson. Why don't you do another spot for us? Yes. Let me tell you about our next sponsor, if I can find the tab. There we go. Yeah, you Uh, go. The Grand Central Instant Book Club Sweepstakes is back again this week. Here is pretty cool. If you're in a book club, you want everybody to read the same title because that's how book clubs typically work. You can enter the Instant Book Club Sweepstakes for a chance to win 10 copies of one of these titles. Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, The Devil and Webster by Jean Hanf Korolitz, The Excellent Lombards by Jane Hamilton, Before the Fall by Noah Hawley, Small Hours by Jennifer Kitsess, Mr. Rochester by Sarah Shoemaker, or The Secret Diary of Hendrik Groen by Hendrik Groen. Seven lucky winners, that's one per title, will get 10 copies of that pre-selected title to share with their book club, and you'll also be able to download free discussion questions so you can have a happy, happy book club meeting. Entries are open for this through May 30th. Some official rules do apply, so we'll have a link to it in the show notes so that you can click your way to enter the Grand Central Instant Book Club sweepstakes. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, I think we have to do this last rant thing, and then we're going to go today. We'll save some other stuff. Oh, which one is it going to be? It, well, we, we got the news a while ago that Matthew Weiner, of uh, mm-hmm. Mad Men fame, uh, was writing a book. And yes. we found, I don't know, one of us came across this in the back oh, channels. Yeah. I don't I remember. I came across it. Uh, we got the news a while ago, and I was doing publisher catalogs yeah. a couple weeks ago and came across it in the listings um, for November somehow. Or maybe they sent me a copy. I can't remember if this is on my shelves already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Heather the Totality. Uh, Heather, comma, the totality. So there's <laughs> an positive in the, by Matthew Warner. I'm interested. I think he's a super interesting storyteller. Like, I, I'm in on the book as an idea. But yeah. then I think you put it in there, and I, and I, and I emoji angry-faced about it, because it's 192 pages, mm-hmm. which, fine. You sure. can write a book however like. 27 bucks for the hardcover. No, 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 no. Now, this is, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is one of those fungible asset things, but like, I looked at that and I'm reading a lot of late, and I've said this before, and like, I pay attention to paid couch and whatever in a library. I was like, why, why is it 
that a 192-page novel is the same price as a hardcover as a as a 425-page hardcover. And like sometimes you'll get a super long book, like the Goldfinch, right? I think was mm-hmm. 30 bucks or something, right. or maybe and that more. was like 600 pages. And there seems to be some some malleability at the top end. If it's a really long book, they'll charge you more. But there's I don't know if maybe there's a number that they use because like what's the the new um, uh, you can buy um, We Should All Be Feminists, right? right. As a little paperback. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like six bucks. Yeah. And it's, fi- and it's, what, 50 pages. But then if you get to like some level that you can start charging full like hardcover price. But I don't feel like it's 192 pages. That feels wrong to me. Am I wrong and, about this? No, I think you're right. 192 pages is one scoop of ice cream. Mm. And, if, and if you're like one scoop of ice cream on a waffle cone, because that's how God intended it, is four bucks, then if I want four scoops of ice cream, it should cost more. And if you yeah. go in the other direction, it's like your four scoops of ice cream is $8. Here's your one scoop that will also yeah. be $8. Like 192 pages is ba- is like not even really a whole book. Like in <laughs> Right. Well, like film, like for example, movies, like feature length, I think I don't there may be a technical definition, but if you oh, pay 12 yeah. bucks for a or 15 bucks to go see a movie and it's 47 minutes long, I don't think that's not going to work, right? Like no. <laughs> people just wouldn't do that. There and will think, be riots in the street. I think this is the equivalent of like a 47 minute long feature film. <laughs> And it just doesn't, yes. feel, doesn't feel right to me. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be $11, but like $19, Mm-hmm. But 27 is what I paid for the Underground Railroad. 192 pages in hardcover, I think, should be about the same as 300, 350 pages in paperback. Yeah. Like, yeah, we could do, we could come up with an equation where you plug it into the, our algorithm and it's like, here's the appropriate pr- – I mean, I could see something like that. And again, it's five bucks. Like, I get it. I'm Some some of you are rolling their eyes like, whatever. But there's just <laughs> something about that that really bothers me. Like, it really feels unfair. Yeah, like, it feels like give you, us you don't know what you're doing. Give me 27 bucks and I'll give you less than 200 pages. Like, yeah. I'll give you two hours. Hours of reading for twenty seven dollars. Right. Just if it was two oh four pages, I wonder. I wonder if we got a little uh, thinking fast and slow anchoring <laughs> or something going on there. If it was two hundred four, maybe, maybe we wouldn't feel man, so bad. Twenty seven bucks for two hundred ish pages. Just it seems weird to me. And I don't know if they're trading on his name yeah. or not. Like, how many people really know his name? Like, we are TV nerds to some extent. Like, we're not the nerdiest TV it's nerds. A great question. But we're, Excellent we're nerdy question. enough that like if if you and I were browsing books you know, in Powell's and we saw a book by Matthew Weiner, we'd be like, oh, that's the Mad Men guy. But how many people will know that if they're, unless they turn it over and they see the author bio or like, are they going to, it doesn't look from the book's cover design. Mm -hmm. Like there's any indication on the front that this is the creator of Mad Men. So uh, if they're trading on his name, I think that's an interesting choice. Uh, But $27 for 192 pages is just no to me. Yeah. It's I, just no. It's a $14.99 ebook list price for 144 ebook pages here. I'm looking at the Edelweiss. 140. Listing. It's How a $30 audiobook. $30 on audio. Oh, that's audio. I mean, come on. <laughs> this wait, is like all 144. <laughs> wait, 144 pages on ebook is what it says? That's what it says. How is it? How are there fewer ebook pages? <sighs> Kerning? I don't know. Kerning. <laughs> Also, do you know the library to buy a library ebook is seventy five dollars for that? Jeez. Just for the record, what? Yeah, it's hundred. How much like, is that? I'm going Is it a I'm weird format? Book, is the hardcover a weird? Opposed. It's like is it a small format so it looks thicker? No, I'm serious. Sometimes they do crap like this. 
Maybe so. Are there? I don't see the dimensions. The here. dimensions. I don't see the dimensions. Uh, I don't see the dimensions. It's gonna be like it's gonna be. They're gonna. The, it better, um, this better have like decals on decals. See, and I, the I paid two flaps. bucks more to not have decals. <sighs> uh, that's cut the book. We're pros. We have the technology. Cut <laughs> cut the pages even. That's also, all I'm asking interesting. For. The first print run is one hundred and fifty thousand. That's a lot of which copies. Is a lot of copies, but is not like uh, we think this author is a superstar. Well, that, of that you just made your own point about that a minute ago, right? right. That the name doesn't may not. I guess mean it confirms that, much. that they're not trading on the name. Yeah. yeah so then, yeah. what the? I don't what like the, that. What? So okay. Again, <laughs> you should write the book whatever you want. You know, tell the story. I'm not asking for more pages because I want to pay $27. That all books have to be 337 pages exactly. What do you think is a fair retail hardcover price for this? Like not not the Amazon price. Like you go into the Powell's or you go into uh, the Fountain and you're you open up the you look at the front flap and the price is there. What do you what do you think is fair here? Uh, no more than 1999, 1996 or 1995 or whatever is that that mm-hmm. magic they use. Yeah, even that. Yeah, right. I want, it does seem like there's like the first hundred pages is nine ninety nine no matter what, right. and then maybe it could be prorated after that. <laughs> if you work in book production and you know how these prices get set, yeah, like, right. First of all, I'm not even sure there is a reason. So I would like some confirmation. Yeah, is there a reason? That's a really great question. <laughs> like, well, we've talked about this before. Like, is there an some equation? pricing if experimentation so, on the retail price would be interesting to yeah. do. Yeah, like you and I, I think we one time talked it along, and I, I think about this from time to time. Like a day, a good debut novel by someone no one's ever heard of. Make the hardcover nineteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Make it eight bucks cheaper. Give people, you know, see if it works. Maybe, maybe this is, you know, maybe people have tried this. I don't know. And maybe you're right. Like maybe the price of the book, people are interested in buying the book and they're not like, well, this book is short and it's 28, 27 bucks. I'm not going to buy it. Maybe they're not doing this kind of math that we are. They're probably not even looking how long it is. That's what I was going to say is maybe they're banking on online retail and the fact that you're like, oh, this is recommended, yeah. you know, in online retail and or like Amazon generated this thing for me and it looks good and it's probably discounted. Right. Right. <laughs> Again, and if you're whatever. And if you're buying in like an indie bookstore or a brick and mortar, you're going to look like the link yeah. will be more obvious, but... Right. Yeah, I just I mm, I'm not paying twenty seven dollars for a hundred and ninety two pages. Seems I tough. Just, seems nope. tough. It seems tough. And just the I mean, this is one of those things where the eye test I think is what got me. It's like that doesn't that just doesn't feel right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just no, you're like yeah. okay, if it's two eighty, okay, you know we're in the ballpark. And I don't know where the bright line is of like when you have to like start coming down off, uh, you know whatever those anchor points are. And twenty seven, twenty six, twenty. I think I'm seeing a lot of full. Of of like novel length literary fiction hardcover seems twenty six ninety five or twenty six ninety nine mm-hmm. seems to be the new normal for yeah. what you're paying. Yeah, so they're 20, right at that seven ish, right? They're right at that point, but they just shaved off one hundred and fifty pages. <laughs> Everybody loves getting uh, less for more, Jeff. I don't know. It better be. I mean, I guess. On the other hand, like, what if it's if if it's an awesome one hundred ninety two pages? I guess there's that part too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel weird about it. It just doesn't look right. But maybe, maybe right, I could be I, talked back into it. I'm not sure. I would love for someone to try. <laughs> yeah, talk, talk me in. Let's do something good to get us out of here. Okay. Our, our boyfriend, Andrew Luck. Yes. 
Yeah, Andrew Luck, who we've been following his book club. Yeah. For, it feels like a couple of years now, I think. He uh, is the uh, football player for, he's, I don't know what position he plays, but for the Indianapolis Colts. Quarterback, yep. Quarterback. Uh, and we've been hearing stories for a while about him recommending books in the locker room. Then they started Andrew Luck's book club online last year, I believe, where he has a pick for rookies, which is kids, basically, and then a pick for pros, uh, which is a, a pick for adults. And he does little videos about why he has selected each title. And they are extending the Andrew Luck book club now into a podcast, which will run on Indianapolis's NPR station, WFYI. Um, I haven't seen an episode of this come out yet. They're out. I'm looking at andrewluckbookclub.com if you go to his site. Um, There's a little SoundCloud player for – they're on episode three. Awesome. Um, The the current picks are A Wrinkle in Time and The Soul of an Octopus. Um, There's nonfiction and fiction all, all the time. So if you're clearly listening to a book podcast now, uh, you might be like that. 32 minutes, it's a good length. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? I, I, I think that, I mean, true blue book nerd. Like, if he, wasn't, if he wasn't a professional athlete, he would totally have a book blog. No oh, doubt. yeah. Yeah. Yes. His first episode were with the uh, Cal- Kalanithis, Lucy oh, really? and Jivan. Did, is it, did they just cry for half an I, hour? They must be. The second one was Phil Knight, um, founder of Nike, author of Shoe Dog. And the mm-hmm. third one is T.A. Barron. Do you know that name? I don't know that I name. don't, no. Anyway, interesting. Uh, so that's Andrew That'll be Book fun Club. to follow. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see uh, how this goes. Maybe I'll try to get him to sit in next time you're on vacation. I'm not sure. That's one of those situations. You know, that's uh, I can't remember the guy's name that uh, got hurt one day and Lou Gehrig took his spot at first base for the Yankees <laughs> and then played the next 2,167 2, uh, 2, games gonna, sequentially. I'm not going to break up with you for Andrew Luck. Yeah, Our have you seen that guy? That, guy's, that means that the guy's made out of carved wood. <laughs> and he has a voice like James Earl Jones. It's a real problem. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Hurt my feelings. Sorry, All right, I, we no, were trying to end on a happy note there. It's okay, Jeff. No. Really is okay. Four years, we're strong. Four years, yeah, right. <laughs> three years, three more years before the seven-year itch, right? <laughs> Let's not uh, cast, you know, don't go borrow trouble. No, no, that's true. It'll, it'll come find you. <laughs> we're going to be all right. You gotta, okay, that's our show. That's our show. As always, you can find show notes to this and other back episodes of the Book Riot podcast at bookriot.com slash listen. Also, the full show notes will be in the description of the podcast. You can check it on your phone, your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much to our three sponsors. Third Love, get yourself some bras that are right for you. Uh, Audiobooks.com. Audiobooks, $14.95 flat fare. Sounds pretty good. Cheaper than $27. And then Grand Central's book club promotion. Go try to win your book club a bunch of books. Read one on them. Links to that giveaway in the show notes as well. You can find it there. And we'll be back next week with more news. I've got, should should we do a little tease? We didn't get to some stuff we want to talk about. I want to talk next week about why people are mad at the little That's what I was going to say. There's something wrong with everything, and it's there's something wrong with little free libraries, and that's what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, yeah, there's good stats, yep. though. At the very least, we got good stats about there is where some liter- data there. That, it's a there, data-driven rant. Did you see that that heat map in my eyes? My I just I got I started getting <laughs> warm. Dopamine. Like I was my body was heating. I'm like, Ooh, oh, hey. this is very nice. I'm going to need a different kind rush. of heat map here in a second. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> Have a good one.